What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another business breakthrough. In today's episode, I sit down with Scott Loyer again, part two. The first time it was more about sales following up, really bridging the gap between giving the estimate and closing the deal. Now we're going to talk about marketing and some principles that are going to help him generate business, uh, keep the pipeline full, and get his guys through the winter. So Scott's a good friend of mine and he was a good sport about jumping back on sharing his questions with you. Really, a lot of us have the same questions. So these breakthroughs are helpful in really just helping everybody move uh, in the right direction of getting this information, implementing it and seeing the fruition happen in the business. So thank you guys for jumping in. I'm excited for you to sit in with us on this business breakthrough. The big question you need to ask yourself every day is, do I own a job or do I own a business? And unfortunately, the majority of contractors out there own a job. That's right, they're a slave to their own business. But the other side of the fence is so much greener, it's so much better, and that's when you're finally fully in control of your destiny, your freedom, your time, and that's what Contractor Secrets is about. It's about taking back our time, building a business with systems, standards, values, procedures, putting yourself in the driver's seat, and that's what it's about. So I'm excited. I'm happy to have you here. Let's dive into the Contractor Secrets Podcast. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Business Breakthrough. Scott's back. Scott Loyer, um, Nordic Painters, man. So it's been, I think, what we say, almost two months since we spoke. Yeah, it's been out there. Time, I yeah. remember. I remember our last conversation was about following up lead sources, maybe trying out home advisor. What's changed? Well, uh, I've, I can I can say uh, what what you taught me in you know that short you know thirty minutes or whatever. Uh, you know, I've I've put that to value like you wouldn't believe, you know, I've really, uh, especially my number one thing I can say that I took away was following up with my customers and that nice. has been incredible. You know, I mean, it's been night and day. I've, I'm probably seeing like 65 to 70%, um, you know, acceptance with my estimates now versus like 40 to 50 before. Um, wow, dude. So if I had to take a guess, I don't, I don't know exactly, but that's where I'd, I think nothing I makes me happier. So let's, I really want to talk about that because initially let's talk about what you first thought about follow-ups and you were the, you were the, the, the catalyst for this is yeah. I don't want to come across as what needy kind of yeah, needy desperate. That was you. That was your thing. So, yeah. and that's honestly a lot of contractors feel that and that's why they don't. So what was it? what was the transition for you? Did you have to go through a couple of them to see like, wait a minute, these people don't feel that I'm being desperate. They actually value this. Is that what you're, is that what you're experiencing? Yeah, I think that. And then too, is just like, I, I got, sounds a weird word to use, but I was kind of like emotional with each estimate I did. You know what I mean? Like I, no, it's I not weird. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I know what you mean. Yeah. Too, like attached to it rather than just trying to sell the job. I was too worried about like, Oh, is the customer ready to do it now? Should I give him more time? It was more of just, you know, taking that leap. And I think the reason that that held me back was it it wasn't even necessarily, I don't even know my belief. It was my belief, but it was more of just talking to other contractors and they're like, Yeah, we don't follow up. I mean, if they want to do the work, they'll they'll contact you. So it kind of like rubbed off on me. So I'm glad I talked to you because you know, it's yeah. really Yeah. And the thing about it is is like we can't like my big thing is like we cannot assume that people know this process. It's not like going to a restaurant, right? Like you can go up to anybody. Hey, you know, have you been to a restaurant before? Yeah. You know, or do you know how it works? No, like 
so the reality is, is that we can't expect our short 30 minute interaction with somebody, the estimate to be the reason why they move forward with a $5,000 job. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't see follow-ups as, you know, not necessarily like sales and, and something that I have to do. I, I, I see follow-ups as something I need to do because yeah. what does that do? It allows me to build a greater relationship and build more trust. Right. Mm-hmm. With that mindset, it's a little bit different, right? It's because like yeah. the guys I'm competing with think that they get one shot to go do and build value. I get sometimes two, three, four. That's on the phone. I get emails building chances for me, the text messages that go out, right? So totally. what is your approach to following up now? Take me through it. Like, So you'll do an estimate. Obviously, you mentioned that you're not emotionally attached to it anymore, which I understand what you're saying, by the way. You're building this relationship. You take a lot of pride in your company. You think that all the stars are going to align and then you don't get a call back and you're like, well, fine, you know, forget you, you know, (laughs) but it's like, wait a minute when you have a team, right? It's like, I have to get over that emotion of, Hey, take it or leave it and say, you know what? Let me do whatever I can to make sure my guys are busy. Have you kind of adopted that mindset? Exactly. And I've kind of been like, uh, you know, let's, let's say whoever's a customer, I call them up. Hey, you know, call them by their first name, maybe, you know, maybe, you know, whatever their first name is, you know, acknowledge them, know that I know them directly, you know, Hey, it's Scott with Nordic painting and decorating. And I just start as simply as, Hey, I wanted to call just uh, see if I can answer any questions about the estimate. I mean, there's a lot to it. So I'm sure there's something you got, you know, and there's always a question, isn't there? Yeah, exactly. So, and, and then from there, I, I kind of move forward. If they're kind of on the fence, that's kind of where I'll, I'm willing, you know, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll kind of get in why they're on the fence versus yeah. just, to, just to land the job now, you know? So yeah. And if it comes and, to it, you and, know, and you're getting more information, right? Like, cause the information is going to change the situation. Okay. So you might be, th- and, and all it, right, what did I, t- I think I told you that I said, all it's going to take is one person, right. To, to be on the phone after a follow-up to you, for you to convert that follow-up to a sale. Now you'll do it forever. Right. Yeah, exactly. All it takes is one, right? So the approach, and I want to break this down for those listening, right? So the approach is number one, you didn't come in hard. You came in, hey, I just want to make sure you didn't have any questions. I'm doing you a favor by calling, right? To make sure you're not sitting there wondering things and having to Google things, right? Let me just answer the questions that came up because we went over a lot of stuff, number one. Number two, what's stopping you from moving forward? Maybe I can help. And in some cases, it's the price is too high. You hear the price is too high. Now you know you need to build value or you discount the price based off your margins and try to close the deal, right? Have you done that yet? Have so you, have you I, altered I your pricing? There's been multiple situations in some Tell situ- me some of the situations. Take me through a couple. Yes, I'll take you I'll take you through one of each. One was um, the price was a little high. I, I kind of built the value. I said, listen, we're we're a fully insured company. You know, all my all my on workman's comp they are all involved in the system you know what i mean it's a like we're a legitimate business so there's no uh you know there's nothing on that end so it's it builds trust because especially around here i find there's a lot of guys just doing things under the table and right you know they might think i'm in that bubble too and they're just at that point they're just looking for the cheapest cost dude, you got so. it you got it so and i dude you're you're hitting it man you should be on this side of the microphone at this point because you get it i mean ultimately you're building what, what I call back-end value, things they can't see on the face, right? So imagine you're at a restaurant and you go into the front and, 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 and you say, wow, the prices are really high here. 
I got a five-star chef in the back. He's not cheap, right? A little bit back-end value, right? I got a crew behind me that, you know, we have to pay very well to make sure that, you know, we're getting cordial people to your home. I'm not afraid to say those things because ultimately I see it as educating, right? You have got to know what you're paying for. I almost want to be like, listen, like I want to be like, listen, okay. The reason our prices are what they are, bro. I'm talking to you not I wouldn't say bro to a customer, but the reason why, you know, the, the, the prices are what they are. is like, I pay this guy, this much, this guy, this much, this guy, this much, this guy, this much. He's been with me for four years. He's been with me for three years. These two are with me for three years. He's aspiring to be a manager. He's retiring with me. This guy has been, you know, like, I want to be like, this is what you as the customer are paying for. You're getting these guys they can't be compared. They've been working together for two years together. They have a system in place. You're not gonna have to deal with bickering, arguing, cursing, loud music. Okay. And I'm not trying, and I just want to be like, I'm not trying to scare you. Okay. And I don't have time. I'm not sitting here. I'm not trying to, to bash the other competition. Unfortunately, this is what the market produces because customers think that, you know, they, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a fun thing to look for the cheapest contractor, but oh, you're, yeah. you're fueling that fire. Right. Like, so exactly. another thing I've been saying too, is especially, you know, I don't know what it's like in Florida, but all the customers I have and not, it's not even just painting. It's so, you know, electrical work, you know, general contracting, whatever. Yeah. People have a really hard time getting hold of people and getting that contractor to follow up because like I've heard you say this before, business owners and, you know, construction workers are two different things. And usually people, you know what I mean? There's yeah, a absolutely. lot of people that, you know, are really good workers and they own their own company, but they can't run a business. So they're very bad at following up. They're really bad at, you know, keeping in touch with the customer, how things are going. I make that clear that it's going to be a effortless, um, time from start, from start to finish with, uh, you know, and, and you're, and you're helping them see that. Right. And that is the key. It's like, there's this intangible thing called value, right? Value is intangible. You can't put a dollar on how good I'm going to make you feel. Yeah. There's no way you can't, we can, we can assume a dollar amount and we find that it's usually between three to seven grand in the house painting business. But somebody may value that way more because maybe they had a poor experience, Scott. Maybe they had uh, somebody take their deposit, run, steal their car three weeks later. Right. So they value this so much more than somebody who's what never hired a contractor before. Right. So wouldn't it be worth it to at least ask that question to see who you're dealing with? Because if you ask that question, Hey, what was your last experience with a contractor? Let me ask you. And he sits down for 10 minutes and tells you about his car getting stolen and the deposit getting taken and him having to change the locks in his house. Are you going to focus on how, delicate you're going to be around this gentleman so he pays more because he doesn't want to feel that pain again yeah and in the same breath somebody that hasn't had that experience ever doesn't know about contracting is kind of like a deer in the headlights we have to treat them a little bit differently right exactly we don't need to do it but we don't need to do it the the trick is dude is we don't need to do it with fear you know because a lot of us will say well you don't want to go with a contractor that's going to steal from you and take your car and make you change your locks i don't need to sell that way I just want to help them see, hey, listen, you know, the, I'll, I use the restaurant analogy so much. I say, listen, let me just use this analogy real quick. When you go to a restaurant, 
you usually know how the system works. Somebody's going to greet you. They're going to come to your table. They're going to give you some water maybe and ask what you want to eat. You'll get some dessert. You'll get a check at the end. You know that somebody in the back's probably cooking the food. The, the, the server's not cooking it unless you go to a really small one. But usually it's not the case. When it comes to the painting business, everyone does it differently. There's not one system that has been universally adopted. Do you mind if I explain to you our system? Yeah. And then yeah. that just lets them see, bro, that we're different just like that. And then we go into building the value. So I, I, I lay that out first and then I go into building the value. That's real smart too. Another thing I've been, uh, I just started this, I, I've started doing a lot of brochure stuff. So after I get, nice. you know, in person, I do all my, try to do all my estimates in person. I like them to meet me because I can, you know, usually I can hundred percent, you know, ratio is going up for sure. Exactly. So, uh, I'll hand them a brochure. So anything I, I missed or, you know, I, I felt like I hit once, but I want to review with them. They'll see yep. it in the brochure as soon as I leave. And now they have a tangible thing with them the second I leave. And, you know, let's say they get three other quotes, you know, I doubt that all the other guys are, you know, given something tangible like that, you know, that You're right. they have right yeah. in, maybe it's on their kitchen counter for a couple of days. And, yeah. you know, it's it, at it, the it, very least, this don't, don't take this the wrong way. And when listeners, even, even you, we want it to be kind of painful for them not to go with us not yep. in a bad way. We just want the decision to be kind of tough, right? Like when you're deciding between two things and you're like, hey, I don't, I don't need that. Like I'll go with the other one. The thing that you said, I don't need, didn't do enough to make you second guess. Right. We just want to be in that conversation of one and two, right? We okay. want the only reason they didn't go with us to be what price that's gotta be the only reason. If that's the only reason you didn't hire me, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with it. You know, yeah. but it's because I didn't educate you enough or I didn't align with your values, your goals. If I didn't, you know, do whatever I can to, to accommodate you, then that's on me. But if the only reason is price, there are people that are just either it's not in the budget and they're not even close to being able to afford you. Um, you know, and obviously there are some people where value just wasn't built enough to justify that price. And again, that's the conversation we were just having about who values a solid contracting company. Do some people have to go through pain first? Mm -hmm. Probably. Yeah. You know, big time. Probably, you know, and, and, and the good news is, is that they see contractors all one in the same. They just don't see painting contractors as separate. If an electrician comes over and scares the daughter, cause he's outside cussing, you know, and, and I come over to an estimate, she's going to be like, Hey, I don't want anyone that comes to my house cussing. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, they put us good. in the same boat. Isn't that crazy? Exactly. It's not fair. So I did, I just had another customer I followed up with and I, I got this from, I believe it's you. I don't, I'm not positive. I, uh, I think you released a video and you kind of were talking about this on a different um, podcast, but it was basically how, you know, once you get done, you know, people don't like to, to say two no's basically, um, you know, and I always try to end now with something along the lines, you know, this is very similar to what you'll say and I'll try to switch it up here and there, but like, you know, if we were to able, let's say I, I know where my margins are and I can still take a good margin away from the job. I, I'm able to, you know, what if we, if we took $200 off today and you sent us a deposit, could we earn your business today? And that wow. has been incredible. I mean, I, I mean, I've been putting that to work and love it. That's how it's done, man. 200 yeah. bucks, whatever. I mean, think about it this way for those listening. And then you, of course, 200 bucks to get a job now, to get your production moving, to get something on the schedule, to do all these things, right? Is it worth the 200 bucks that would have to kind of be allocated to 
following up, uncertainty in the schedule, production lacking, like all of these things, I would rather have the job booked. So the value of my future estimates goes up because supply and demand. You see what I'm saying? It's like, I would rather get that one on the schedule. Okay. I'm giving you a discount get it on the schedule. The next estimate, obviously my schedule's full so I can hold firm, Mm -hmm. you know? So and you need to like in the winter for me, it's crucial. I, I land yeah. new jobs, you know, not even necessarily for me. You know, I, I always tell people I make most of my money in the spring and summer. And then when winter comes around, that's kind of like my maintenance. Yeah. I might make some money, but it's definitely nothing like the spring and summer. So my goal for there is just uh, to land some good sized jobs and keep everybody as busy as I can. You know, that's Love my it. goal. And then and that's, yeah. spring and summer comes you will around, be, you will be a top dog in your area if you can bull nose through winter yeah a lot of guys shy away from it nick slavic he i just put out you know him have you heard of him yeah that was awesome i can't wait to watch it you know is it today it's coming out the video no it's out it's out so if you listen to it he has 20 some guys gets them all through the winter it's incredible he he doesn't take the he doesn't take the winter off i love that about him dude he is on it and and I had to find out why he tells us why in the, in the, in the, uh, or how in the podcast, but he is somebody to look up to. Cause he's, he's, I mean, he's in the, he's in the snow, bro. Right with you. Yeah, he's like three hours yeah. from me. So he's, he's right. Yeah. He's so here. that's some insight for you. So let's pivot here right now. You're chilling on the couch. You seem relaxed. Are oh, yeah. any jobs happening right now? Yeah. Yeah. I got oh it. man. That's what I like to hear. I love it. So you're, you're a business owner today. Uh huh. Yeah, exactly. Enjoying so. the fruits of taking the risk. Uh huh. In the winter, I, I definitely am on the job like a lot more than spring and summer, even though. But today, I just love I it. So that's I, good, I, man. I'm like happy. Days on the job. You so know. right now, money is being made, and you are sitting and getting better at business. That's what it's about. So let's talk about it. So um, we talked about. I mean, in the first um, coaching session, it was uh, marketing, and it was you know sales. So. I mean, that leaves us with production. I mean, you, you understand the concepts of marketing. Are you having any trouble generating leads? Do you want to go there? Or do you want to talk a little bit about production and systems? Yeah. So the main thing, you know, I'd, I'd like to move forward with, and it's, you know, and I'm, I'm pretty confident that it'll be a busy spring and summer, but you know, you know, I, I've got workers that depend on me. So it's really important. The number one thing I want, I want to become just a lead machine. I want to get to the point where it's, it's a constant you know, flow of leads coming in, you know, cause once I get the leads, I'm confident and I can, I can make it worth my time. And it's just the lead thing is still probably my hardest thing. And yeah. You know, I might get a couple of phone calls a week and I might land those and they might be a good sized job, but I want it to be, you know, where I can get as much as possible. And it seems that, um, the proximity has a lot to do with it. I want to reach <laughs> out to get associated with some of the bigger cities that are like, you know, Maybe they're like 45 minutes to an hour out, but they're a little bit hard to reach because, you know, it's just the Google listings don't pull it up as good and stuff like that. So, got it. So, let's talk about it. Did you sign up for Home Advisor? I have not yet. No. Okay. So, we'll talk about that in a sec. So, let's talk about leads. All right. So, the analogy I want to give you is this, right? You're at a point where, where are the leads, right? Like, where, yeah. where are they? It's not a matter of where they are. It's where it matter where you are. Mm-hmm. That's, that's all you need to know. Okay. If there was a sign outside of every single house in your entire 200 mile radius, every house had to put a Nordic painter sign on it. It was a state law. Would you get some phone calls? <laughs> I would. Yeah. I'm Probably sure. more than you can handle. Right. I'll guarantee it. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So it's not a matter of where they are. It's a matter where you are. Mm-hmm. How do we get places? Well, we've monopolized it mostly with Google and other things like that. You still have some ability to, to do your own marketing. But again, there's a system involved. There's two ways to generate business, okay? You either generate the interest, okay? You create the interest, right? So you let's say you were in the middle of a marketplace, both hands cupped over your mouth. Nordic painters, $100 a room. Nordic painters, right? You know what I'm saying? So back in the day, maybe that was a thing or you'd run and you knock on doors, okay? So that's generating interest from somebody wasn't interested, but you made them interested. You did that, okay, by your own efforts. You created the interest. Benefit of that is, is that usually it's exclusive, right? That means that, you know, chances are they're not going to go shopping around. They may get one other, but not the three, not the four estimates because you created the interest. So it's almost like they're indebted to you in a way, something you did, right? So you created that interest. The downfall is intent is low, right? Intent is low. They're not, there's not that much of a need. If there was a need, they would have, you know, they would have seeked it. Um, So that's number one. When you generate interest, the cost is generally lower. You're doing all the hard work. Okay. The new way to generate interest is social media, Facebook, Instagram, you know, that's the new way. That's what the, the, the example I gave you with the guy cupping his hands. That's what Facebook was like in real life. Hey, you know, Nordic painting here, check out this before and after. And he's holding up before and afters. You don't need to do that anymore. You just put it on Facebook mm-hmm. and then people can react, comment, and then connect with you. Okay. You generated that interest. If you do cabinet coding and you put out uh, before and after they're going to say, oh my God, I have to see what it would be to get our cabinets. Did you know that they can paint cabinets? Like that's the conversation that occurs on the yeah. customer's side, right? So you're generating that interest, bro. Now, with that being said, there's a long time that needs to happen from the time that you generate the interest to the time the deal's closed. Again, why? Intent isn't there. Buyer knowledge isn't there in terms of pricing. Um, budget isn't really there. Again, that budget needs to be created and usually you're the one introducing the budget into the household. If you, if, if you, if somebody put out a Facebook ad of what it would be to trench a, a big trench around my house, if that was something that was appealing, I wouldn't know the first idea of what that costs, right? Yeah. I haven't assumed the budget yet. So he would need to come here. That would give me my budget or, and then I get another estimate to see if that's fair. Cause I don't know the industry and I didn't really have any, but the trench looked cool. Does that make sense? Or a moat? Sense. Yeah. All right. So that's generating interest that takes longer. Okay. That's a long term approach. You do that when you have, when you can step back and you have the pipeline filled right now, I've like 20 jobs on the schedule. I can generate interest now, cheap leads, you know, just branding and generating interest go hand in hand. I just put out a retargeting ad. I post on Facebook and I can passively sit and wait for these leads. Okay. Right now, you being in more of a need-based category, you Uh need to what? Capitalize on interest. So generating interest is you. You don't have time to generate the interest. You need to capitalize on interest, okay? So we need to be in a position to capitalize on the interest. How do we do that? Number one, we have to find out what the thought process is of somebody who is interested, right? What do they do? Mm -hmm. How do people buy now? That's why marketing always changes because people buy differently. 10, 15 years ago, you know, you'd be like, hey, how'd you find your house painter? Oh, they knock every two weeks. They'll be around, you know, or whatever. 
same, same thing goes with like word of mouth. Oh, well, you know, that's how it was. It's not like that anymore. Now it's, where do they go? Google. I need a painter. How do I find one? There's a lot more trust now with that. I mean, we hop in cars with people we don't know with Uber. You don't think people are going to call, try to find a painter to come to their house? It's normal. We've yeah. normalized it. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. they're going to Google. So the first thing is, what's that Google presence looking like? You know, how many reviews do you have? So I just started pushing it a lot. And it's still, it seems like, uh, it's like, I'll send, I'll send him the review link and they're like, you know, once I'm there and they're like, yes, I will hundred percent leave your review and I'll send them the review link. Okay. And just, a lot of them just don't get to podcast it. episode. Couple back Alex Corral. The guy has like 250 reviews. He got them in one year. He's incredible. Awesome. He's my best friend. He owns a cabinet coding company does over 1.25 million in sales. Phenomenal. He has a review segment. We talked about in there. You'll get reviews. Just listen to that one. I'll, I'll leave right, that. So the reviews are important, right? Alex Corral. So the reviews are important. Reviews do one thing. They build trust, right? So before we used to have to ask somebody what their experience was. Now we just read about it. It's a lot more efficient. Okay. And we base everything off of reviews of other individuals. Essentially, remember when you're a marketer, you think what buyer mentality buyer says, if I go with them, I have a pretty good chance of having the same or even a better experience than the individual that wrote the review. That's why mm -hmm. bad reviews are detrimental. It's, you know, unfortunately, how yeah. you respond to a bad review can sway it in your favor. But if a genuine bad review was placed, that's a very hard thing to overcome. Exactly. And that makes it important to get reviews alone. And just in case you have that one person, you got to wash them out. Yeah. Exactly. You got to wash them out. So a bad review says, okay. The company's pretty good, but this person had a really bad experience. I'd rather not take that chance. And unfortunately, yeah. that's the case. Okay. So get as many good reviews as you can as quickly as possible. You want to get your goal should be 50 by February, March, April, May, June. Maybe just shoot for August. Give yourself five months. Okay. February, March, April, May, June, July. Yeah, it's about six months. So maybe that's how many reviews? That's 10 reviews a month. Okay. That should be your, and you got to be a business owner in this standpoint is having KPIs, having goals of how many reviews do we need to hit? And then if you really want to hit them, what do you do? You incentivize the, your team. You know what I'm saying? That's an incentive that you can, hey, I used to do that. Hey guys, everybody gets a little bonus if you get a review on this job. So what are they going to say? Hey, hey, please leave, leave us a review. We get a gas card or Hey, please leave us a review, you know, and then they're going to do a little better, right? Uh-huh. So yeah. I'm starting with reviews because I want to avoid you spending money, right? I mean, I love, you know, let's start there. We're starting with like organic trust. That's what we're doing. Building trust online. We're going, we're being seen. It's not where you are. I mean, it's not where they are. It's where you are. We're being seen. We have to build trust there now because you can, you can have a listing on Google. There's a ton of painters around me that have listings on Google. Why aren't they calling them? They have no reviews. They have five reviews. They don't respond to them. They don't have any pictures. They have nothing. And it, and it's, and it shows, right? So if you want to be a big player in this game, which I know you do, you need to have the most reviews in your area. So I won't go any further on Google reviews. I will start talking about paid traffic, right? Remember, we're capitalizing on interest. People are interested. They, Google did the hard part, right? Google established itself as a trusted resource to find what? Yeah, just anything. Yeah, anything, basically anything. Google so did. What did so what, it, what was Google's responsibility in the beginning? Generating interest. Now they put you in a position to capitalize on the interest they generated. 
if you try to generate interest, you have to generate interest and capitalize it. It's a little bit harder, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so Google did the hard work. Now let's talk about HomeAdvisor. What did HomeAdvisor do? Same thing Google's doing. Same exact thing. They're just hyper-focused on leads. If HomeAdvisor wanted to be a, a, a search engine for all things home stuff, if they wanted to sell faucets and toilets, I'm sure they could, but they just focus on allowing you to capitalize interest on homeowners wanting work done. That's why they're so expensive. Okay. Cause you're getting people that trust home advisor. They did the hard work. They deserve the money. They have people that say, I'm going to go to home advisor. Home advisor is going to deliver me a lead. Perfect. Or deliver me a contractor. Perfect. Now you get that information after the hard work's been done. And contractors will say, oh, well, they send fake leads and they, you know, it's ultimately then that becomes your job to convert that opportunity. That's all it is. Leads are not guarantees into a sale. And however you do that has to do with your follow-up process, has to do with your sales interaction, has to do with your pricing, has to do with your reputation, all of those things. It's not home advisor's responsibility to capitalize on the interest. That's your responsibility. Home right. advisor's only responsibility is to generate the interest, right? Home advisor has been the, I mean, the hardest thing for me to bite the bullet on. You know, even... I don't mind spending a thousand dollars a month on sales, even you know, even three thousand, you know, in a busy season. But it's like Home Advisor has been the hardest thing, just because of the backlash I've seen from all these contractors. Gosh, the I'll same contractors, though, the same contractors that you're thinking, man, these guys don't leave brochures. These guys don't do this. Reality, of the situation is, and this is another point I want to make because I want you to grab this because this is going to catapult you. Okay, one thing I want you to understand is this. There are customers that like it. So if it's not up to you, whether you like it or not, customers yeah. aren't going to ask the painters in the area, Hey, do you guys like home advisor or, or what? No, they don't care about you. They don't trust you. We haven't built trust with them anymore. It's been diminished. Uh -huh. So they want to go to a place that says, Hey, it's actually a better idea to let us give you the, the screened and approved contractors than for you to do it on your own because you know, you never know who you're going to get. Yeah. That's what's happening. And if so, you don't get, yeah. So question for you and in your business and how it's set up right now, if you had to make a rough figure, where would you say your leads are all coming from? Like, is it just word of mouth? A lot of them at this point, Google website, where is it? You know what I mean? If you had to split them oh, up. So, so right now I've actually transitioned this year. We're at about 50% paid leads. That's between Facebook, home advisor. We don't really do Angie's list, but we have an organic listing there. You know, 50% we pay straight wow. lead cost. Okay. 25% Google, straight organic Google ranking. And then we're in about 25% word of mouth, you know, uh, organic Facebook posts, like things like that. Just, just, just straight. So we've transitioned, but guess what? In the beginning of my business, 95% paid every lead paid for. Okay. Cause I didn't want to spend the time doing what generating the interest. I wanted to spend the time capitalizing on the interest. It's a waste of my time to go out and knock doors. I would rather sell the jobs, produce the jobs. Okay. The big mistake people make is that they try to do everything themselves. They don't want to spend the money on it. Okay. No problem. Market doesn't care. You're just going to take, it's going to take longer for you to be successful and to, to systemize your company because yeah. you need, you need practice before you can systemize. I need jobs in order to tell if my guys are any good. Mm -hmm. So I wanted that feedback as soon as possible. I was an investor. I invested in Home Advisor, Angie's List, Google Ads, whatever. I don't care. Give me leads. Okay. Now you'll talk to somebody like Nick Slavic in that episode we just had. He calls it pulling the lever. 
we have the same mentality. He just does things a little bit different. Pulling the lever is he has a direct mail marketing team that goes out and knocks doors or puts the, uh, puts a mailer in their mailbox or on the door. Okay. All he has to do, Hey, how much do you want to spend? Where do you want them? Nick? Uh, let's say 10 grand. And I want them in this neighborhood. Cool. Thanks. All he does. Boom. Done. That's done. The teams go out. They put their stuff. He gets phone calls. The more he spends, the more leads he gets. Yeah. Okay. Same thing I'm doing just in a digital space. The more I spend, the more leads I get. That's your amazing. job. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm glad I asked you that. Cause yeah, that's good to see 50%. That's a high number and that's awesome. I mean, but I, but I have to keep up with my demand, right? I have to keep up with, you know? Yeah, no, that's, that's incredible. But so I'm now, only in your, I'm only in my fourth full year of business. Right. So like if I was a 10 year veteran and everyone in my city knew me, that's going to go down to practically nothing because yeah. if I've done things right, my Google's going to have like 500 reviews in 10 years. You know, my Facebook reputation is going to be huge. Repeat customers. I just got a call from a lady today. We painted her exterior three years ago. Now she wants to do a whole interior. That's easy. You know, so like these things, that's called a feedback loop. That's, that's your, that's the circle of life in business. And you got to be in it for a certain amount of time, spend the money early on and then coast on your good reputation after you've built it. Great. Yeah. That's so if you had to, if you had to just choose your one source of uh, leads, what would you choose if you had only Whoever, everyone, I mean, it's obviously home advisor. Cause just cause they're the biggest, I say yeah. this all the time, dude, I'm not, everyone asks, are you affiliated with home advisor? Do they pay you? No, they should. <laughs> they they, should. they yeah. really should, but I don't care. I'm more concerned about it. And guess what? If home advisor start, started dropping the ball and Amazon, which could possibly happen becomes the biggest lead generator for home service businesses. What do you think I'm going to say? Amazon, you need Amazon leads. They are the ones that customers trust. So the question is, who do customers trust the most to deliver them a quality result? Google, yes, because they find all the things that they're looking for on Google. So by default, yes. But there's Google doesn't specialize in home service. They're starting to, not for painters yet, in some areas they are, where they will actually put a little blue check or something that says preferred Google uh, contractor. Okay. Check your area. Yeah, I checked. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, they don't have it for me yet, but those are those. That's how Google is trying to create that. And essentially what that is, is you, you affiliate with Google to be a trusted contractor. Eventually what's going to happen is if you're not a trusted contractor, no one's going to call you on Google. Yeah. Why would you, why would you, if I need my AC fixed and you see three Google trusted contractors and the rest are not, Oh yeah, I'm going to the, Trust the contract. Yeah, exactly. No question. No question. So, yeah. Um, but that's where it is. So, to answer your question, it would be Home Advisor, just simply because that is where customers are seeing the most. Like they spend the most on advertising. Angie's List is owned by Home Advisor. Okay. Yeah. Um, Porch is affiliated with Home Advisor. Okay. Amazon, I believe, is affiliated with Home Advisor. Okay. Dude. They're yeah. a freaking mammoth. I mean, what are we going to do? We don't have a choice. What yeah, we do? This other thing, it's called Bigger Pockets, and they're like a real estate investing company. They're even associated with Home Advisor. I noticed now I went to the contractors folder where they have a list of all contractors for these investors. And sure enough, it was powered through Home Advisor. It's like, wow. Of course. So. Of course. I mean, why not? Right. And, and people that you're referring to, they're like, well, the stigma behind it, dude, it's just because they don't know how to sell. 
Yeah. That's what it is. Like I got a stack of leads when I sold life insurance this big. I didn't complain when I didn't sell anything to the, to the guy who gave them to me. That was my fault. Yeah. I had an opportunity. All the, uh, all those stacks of lead gave me was a name, address, and a phone number. I could call them. Sure. But guess what? You have every right to go to a home advisor leads house and knock on the door. Don't you? Yeah. But why? I guarantee anyone that's ever said that the leads are fake. has never went to an address ever. Yeah. Guarantee yeah. it. No, I, I believe so, it. Your yeah. level of sales knowledge and experience is going to dictate whether or not that's a good lead source for you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Tracking is important as well. Seeing what's working. Again, if you get a lead comes in from home advisor, okay. And they refer you to their neighbor. You need to associate that referral to home advisor. Okay. At least one tier. Don't go 30. You know, yeah. you keep getting referrals. Stop it at that. I'm just saying at least that second level referral should be attributed to home advisor. Cause you would have never gotten it. Had you not sold the job from somebody you met on home advisor. And you're talking about expanding your radius, right? Exactly. Yeah. What's the benefit of home advisor? You get to choose where the leads come from. And this is with all lead generation companies. Okay. So you could do painter's choice. He, Eric Barstow is the guy who I think he's the co-owner of that. He's big in the painting business and they only do painting leads. The only thing is all they're going to do is buy ads at the top of the Google page, create a landing page that again, what is he doing? He's generating interest and then yeah. you're capitalizing on it. He's so, like the middleman of a Facebook ad or whatever. Basically. That's right. So it's just a middleman, right? But so is home advisor. So don't think that he's doing anything wrong. That's all home oh. advisor is. They're just a little more professional about it. Exactly. Exactly. You know? yeah. So it's like, but they're, they're going to get the blow if something goes wrong and they yeah. do have a resolutions team you know, which, you know, I've actually had to talk to. So, um, uh, you know, there, there's been an issue that I had to go through the resolutions team and, and, and go through a mediation with the homeowner and, and me. And it was crazy, but guess what? I, besides my own anger toward the situation, I admired the fact that they actually did that for the customer. That was pretty cool. Yeah. You know, so a lot of things to discuss here. My thing for you is spend the money, right? I mean, you know, if you, you got to think of what a marketing budget is, you want to be between three and 3.5%, right? That's a good marketing budget. So if you spent, if you make a thousand dollars, okay, 3% of that is 30 bucks. If you make $10,000 in, in a month, 3% of that is 300 bucks. If you make a hundred thousand, obviously, you know, you're looking at three grand, you know, but in the beginning, you might, you might say, you know, what? I'm going to do 7%. Get me as many opportunities as possible. So yeah. you have to use your own judgment there. Cool. And it all has, it all has to do with how much production you can produce too. Uh huh. You can have a hundred leads and if you can't do the jobs, waste of time. Yeah. No big time. That's the thing too. It's like, I'm right in that margin where I'm, I'm trying to figure out the, cause I've got, this summer, I'm planning that when spring hits, I'm planning on four other guys full time. So that's kind of my my setup. So it'll prepare be now. What's that? Prepare now. Yeah. Get the system yeah. down. Learn how to work these leads. Get your reputation up. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. so. so yeah, that's my plan. I'm, I really uh, I want them to be able to trust that I'll keep them busy and keep them consistent, and they don't, they won't have to worry about that aspect. Because as an employee, they don't they shouldn't have to worry about any of that. I hear that all the time from other painters that are just working. my guys. My guys never worry about whether or not work's coming. Yeah, They've, I haven't missed a forty-hour week in four years, dude. Yeah, probably the first six months of my business. That's awesome. Yeah, it's like we would have like one job and then we'd be off on a Friday. We haven't, and we won't. 
I won't allow it. Are you are, just to get an idea of how your business is set up? Is it set up Monday through Friday? They're on the job, or is it Monday through Friday, eight to four, paid yeah. lunch? So they only work usually six and a half hours a day. They take they spend thirty minutes in the morning doing whatever. You know, I'm I am the most lenient guy, but there are responsibilities and there are benchmarks to hit. You get you do what you want, get the job done by Tuesday, and if it's not done then the manager has to have a conversation with me. If it happens too frequently, I find another manager, you yeah. know, but they know that there's no other company that's going to pay them through lunch, give them the leniency that I do and provide a good pay. And, and that's, that has been so beneficial for me. Oh, big time. I've always said you don't cheap out on paying your employees. Never. That is the heart of your business. I mean, heart of your business. I mean, you are relaxed right now. You look so chill. You're chilling. You're you're having a great day, and you know your customers are being taken care of. Invaluable. Yeah. No, I'm I'm really. I gotta say, I'm blessed. I've really. That's, really, that's the word right there. You're blessed. You know, working for me. So. Amazing, man. Dude, always good chatting with you. We'll do another one. Let's let's stop let's stop here so you can digest this and implement it. I think. Um, Going forward, you know, the next time we chat, bro, I'd like to hear how, how these leads have went for you. Yeah. Um, you know, so, all right, man. Sounds good, man. All right, dude. It's always good chatting with you. I'll catch up with you on the next one. Sounds good. Hey, I just want to take a second to thank you for joining me here on the Contractor Secrets Podcast. Um, I'm just going to take this opportunity to let you know that my passion is coaching people, helping people. Um, I've changed my Instagram name to at contractor coach. And I did that because that is my passion. I want to help you. So please reach out to me. If you have an issue going on in your business, send me an email, find me on Instagram, message me, and let's do a breakthrough session. I want to work through your problems in your business to help you get to that next level. And, and one thing that I always say is this, you know, the difference between those that get over the humps and the hurdles in business is just a change in perspective. And that's what I plan to offer you. So get with me, message me, allow me to help you take your business to the next level.